Hi everyone, it's Chelsea. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Before we get started, I just wanted to say how awesome our guest is and how much I loved the poem that is read in this episode. So make sure you stay tuned to listen for that and also look on our social media and you will see be able to read the poem there as well. And I also wanted to quickly apologize to Anja for pronouncing her name wrong throughout this episode even after she corrected us and I'm probably still saying it wrong but I hope you enjoy this episode and thank you to Anja for coming on and sharing her story. Welcome back to Out Loud the Selective Mutism podcast. I'm Chelsea and I'm Ann Chelsea's mom and today we have a guest. Her name is Anja. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here. Um, I just, I think it's really important to have people on the podcast who have had selective mutism other than me because it shares everyone's different experiences and it's different for everyone. So thank you for coming on and sharing. Um, I know it's not easy. Um, And Anja is joining us from, is it Sweden? (laughs) Scotland. 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 I'm sororry, Scotland. Okay, so... 5 p.m. where she is and it's noon where we are but um, luckily we've timed it right and um, yeah so happy to have you on so did you you guys connected through um, email is that how it came yeah. to be yeah. so how did you find the pon- podcast Anja I really enjoyed listening to your podcast good you. that's good it's always amazing for me that somebody in Scotland just found us and is listening to us I, I think that's amazing because um, that's kind of our, you know, our goal is to spread news and spread awareness about selective mutism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I found you via groups and social media. Oh, yeah. That's great. And I found out about the podcast and I started listening to it. Great. That's super. So you grew up with selective mutism, right? And I'm just wondering, like, when did you first experience that? Like how old were you? I think it started when I went when I went to school first. Yeah, because that was the time when I was exposed to other children, other people, strangers. That seems like it's always the answer to that question. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's when it's the most noticeable to other people. Yeah, and I guess how long did you feel? Do you still feel like you struggle with that sometimes, or do you feel like it's behind you? And most of it is behind me, but. Sometimes, maybe it's also just anxiety. Yeah, it can be hard to tell the difference, even for Chelsea and I, um, as she was growing up. I think, um, I don't know if you heard the podcast when we talked about Dr. Kurtz at the Child Mind Institute. Um, And Chelsea really was cured or, you know, selective mutism was behind her, but she still had anxiety. So we were sort of confusing the two. Uh, which is easy to do. I think a lot of the time with social anxiety, it's like you can have trouble like talking to new people or starting conversations or just reaching out to someone. Um, but that it doesn't it doesn't always mean you still have selective mutism. It could just mean that you struggle with social anxiety, and that's part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are always new situations that you might uncover. Yeah, exactly. So as a child, um, do you remember like 
being in school doing, did you have to do presentations for the class? And were you able to do that growing up in school? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I had problems talking with other children, so like socializing or mm-hmm. initiating things. But speaking to the teacher was okay when I had to do it. So in a minimum way, like low profile as and maybe you would say now. Uh-huh. So I could say a few words and I could mm-hmm. I could do what was expected so that I didn't have too many problems. You mm-hmm. kind of made were able to make yourself do what you needed to do to get by, which is kind of like Chelsea. Chelsea would always, I mean, it was awful for her, but she made herself do what she needed to do at school, kind of. Um, so at home, were you talkative at home and you felt comfortable at home in your own surroundings? Yes. Yeah. And how about relatives, Angie? Like I know a lot of pe- a lot of children when they have selective mutism um, are comfortable at home, but they can't talk to aunts and uncles or grandparents. Were you able to do that? Yeah, also just a little bit. Mm-hmm. My aunt worked in a nursery or kindergarten, and so she played games with us. So that was okay because that was in a structured way, mm-hmm. but I didn't really make friends with them our children like my cousins for example yeah I don't know why for me I always had trouble more trouble with my peers like people my own age but I found it easier to talk to adults or I guess sometimes children younger than me but it was always easier for me to talk to adults kids can be kind of mean too like (laughs) I don't know deliberately or not deliberately you know kids can uh, I mean, did other children do that to you, Angie? Did they say, like, you know, why do you not talk? Did other children notice it, do you think? Yes, I, I think so. Children notice that you are different. And then you get questions, you get bullying, all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Were you able, as a child, to participate in any activities outside of school, like dancing or, um, you know, any other activities? There wasn't really much going on while I was. hmm and it it was also not known at the time. Correct. I mean, nobody knew about SM. Right. Yep. My, my, my parents didn't know. My teachers didn't know. The other children didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't know. Yeah. So when did you find out what it was? I think I was about 20 when I happened to read a book about psychology. Ah. And I found something about speech anxiety and mutism and mm-hmm. social anxiety. And I thought, like, that must be it. Wow. So that's amazing that you lived, like, your whole childhood not knowing what was going on. And you were able to, I guess, like, survive. And Yes, and, and you can't answer the question, why do you not talk with that? I, I had no answer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah. So you never got like professional treatment or anything. How did you, no. um, what you said you read a lot of like self-help books. Like how I, did you get through it? I read a lot, like everything I could find about the topic, you know, online. And I tried to understand what it is and what I could do and hear about other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep saying like, yeah, sorry. I was just saying that now that the internet is a thing, like we can, 
find other people who experienced it and it makes you feel a lot less alone because when I was little I didn't know other people had it or even that it was like this community of people so it's nice that you can talk to other people who had it now. Do you know anyone else Angie that has or had selective mutism? I I know lots of people from the online group. Okay that's nice great. But but not in person. Yeah. 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 Did you have siblings, Anchi, growing up, like brothers or sisters? Yeah. Okay. I've got a brother. And did, were any of them shy or quiet, or did they have any issues with selective mutism looking back? No. No, just you. I mean, it is probably in my family. I heard something about our relatives or what my parents did when they were children. Yeah, there's usually like a history of at least anxiety as well in the families. Yeah. Can I ask, Anchi, um, what I'm surprised that you went to like a conference or whatever about psychology. So can I ask what type of work you do as an adult? I write poems. You write poems? And I volunteer a lot. And I studied uh, information studies. Okay, yeah. Huh. Not psychology. Not psychology. That's I was wondering. That's great. Nice of you to um, do a lot of volunteer work. I'm just curious, what type of organizations do you volunteer with? Um, it's mainly uh, something like gardening and conservation work because I like nature. I like nature and being outside. Do you find like when you're volunteering, like that's something you're passionate about clearly? Like, do you, is it easier to like socialize with other people when you're doing that? Yeah, you're not alone. And there are other people that might be lonely. And mm-hmm. I was able to speak with them, practice speaking with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, I guess a lot of times too, it's easier to talk when you're passionate about something, yeah. you know, when you're really interested in it and they have the similar interests. Angie, were you bilingual as a child? I know you had uh, mentioned to Chelsea that you grew up in Germany before moving to the UK. Yes, that's where I grew up. But I learned English later, so I can't really say I grew up bilingual. But now I am bilingual, I think. Do you find it easier to speak in one language more than the other? Not really. <laughs> I mean, I speak, I speak yeah. German with my family. I speak English where I live here now. That's strangers or other people that I met here. For some people, yeah, some people do find it easier to talk to strangers or whatever because there's no expectation in some, you know, in some circumstances. Or it's more there's no history, like you don't have a past relationship. They don't of, know. Yeah, right. it's kind of like a fresh start. Yeah, but sometimes it's harder. I mean, it is the zone where you talk safely with the family, the parents, and siblings. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. Are you able to speak with your cousins now as an adult um now that you couldn't speak you know easily with as a child or has it kind of stayed the same i think it's better now in general i think the the older i get the better it gets and it also it is also what happens in your life you know what you have to do your job or for education or whatever you do you just grow and Get more exposure. Yeah, that's true. To, for college, did you have to move away from home, Anchi, to go to college, or did you stay at home? At the beginning, I stayed at home and 
went to a college university nearby. And then I went to the UK um, for an exchange program just to try that out for a couple of months. Good for you. That had to be difficult. Yeah. I know as a parent being on the other side, you worry so much. Chelsea did some exchange programs. Um, You just worry that, Mm -hmm. you know, I always worried that Chelsea, if something happened, she would be able to ask for help. Because that can be very difficult, asking for help or asking for assistance. So how, how was, um, I mean, do you feel, you did a lot of self-help reading books. Is there any one book that um, sticks out in your mind that you would recommend to people? I particularly liked uh, Maggie Johnson's book. Maggie Johnson. Uh, Maggie Johnson's book. Yeah, it's a UK book, I think. She's a well-known speech and language therapist, yeah. SM resource manual. Oh, yeah. That has lots of tips how to deal with SM at school and so on. And also for adults. I know that book now. I think it's the Selective Mutism Manual or something, resource manual. Hmm. I'm just always amazed by people who are able to, like, who never had, like, therapy, but they were able to overcome and just push through life with this like extreme anxiety I think it's amazing is there something like you wish more people understood because I know selective mutism is very misunderstood a lot of the time is there something you wish people knew more yeah it's not a choice it's not something to take personally mm-hmm. like when teachers for it you will stop on you know just more understanding needed in general. I think people don't know that this exists at all. Mm-hmm. If you tell someone, then they don't understand what this is about. Yeah. That's my experience. Do you think it's gotten any better in the UK, like over time? Do you think more people know about it now? It's getting better, but mm. it's uh, not really well known. I mean, compared to the 80s or 90s, there's a lot going on now. And I find it pretty amazing, right? Like you said, for somebody that had no therapy or whatever, that you're able to just read and self-help, um, you know. So do you feel, Angie, do you feel like you are over selective mutism, that it's more anxiety, or do you think you still struggle in initiating? I'm not really sure, but I think I can initiate now. At least with one person or in small groups, um, working on that. Yeah, I think, well, I, I don't know if this is correct or not, but I always used to think that, uh, or I always, you know, when Chelsea was little, because we would make charts at home goals each week, and initiating conversation was the last, one of the last goals we had for Chelsea. So I remember specifically telling her, I, her goal for the day was to turn around in her chair chair at school and ask the girl behind her uh, for a pencil and um, it's very difficult to do it's very hard but and yet, right I think if you just keep working on it every day like kind of I used to tell Chelsea you know once a day I wanted her to initiate something I don't think we ever accomplished it to be honest but uh, I was probably like oh I don't need a pencil yeah. I'm not gonna ask yeah. her <laughs> Yeah, but I used to try to make things up to try to get her to do them. But yeah, it's very tough. Uh, I know ordering food is 
you know, for children with the selective meat, ordering food in restaurants is a, is a difficult um, task. Um, do you have any memories, Anja, of like, um, like when you were first able to do those things? Was as an adult or did you overcome it as a child, do you feel? I think it helped when I had to do it alone. And when I was with my family, my mom always ordered for somebody else. And so I didn't really get to try it. It's difficult, right? When you, if you don't know, especially if you don't know what it is, um, I mean, as a mom, before you're diagnosed or before you know your child has selective mutism, right, you try to help them, like you're helping them in your mind, you know. Um, but the more we learn about selective mutism, you know, we learn we shouldn't be helping um, so much to to give the children the opportunity to do those things for themselves. But um, yeah, it's tough. And I think you're right. Once your mom's not there, you're kind of put in that position where you either have to, you, you know, you have to do it or you're not going to get what, you know, accomplish what you want. Were you able to, um, I mean, to go on job interviews and things, you must have found that very difficult to get a job, to go on an interview. I've done a few and they didn't go very well. Yeah, that can be tough. They usually said I wasn't enthusiastic enough and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that too. Like your personality can't come out when you have a lot of anxiety and you're in a stressful situation. It's hard to just show who you are. And I think people with selective mutism can come across as very like flat and like no emotion sometimes, but it's just that anxiety. Like it's so hard to get anything out that it comes out like so flat that, but it's so hard to get even that little amount out. I don't know if that makes sense. Did you have any physical symptoms, Anja, as a child? Like Chelsea, I know we've talked about on the podcast, Chelsea would faint. Um, you know, did you ever have any um, physical symptoms that your mom and them could recognize? Um, I think oh, I felt stiff and cold in the mouth, and probably my voice would go very quiet if I said the word was over. So you had the stiffness, the freezing that kids have with selective mutism. And I, I had these thoughts in my mind. I knew exactly what I wanted to say, but I didn't say it. And that could go on for hours or however long I would meet someone. If I was in a group, for example, in a group discussion, I wanted to say something and nobody asked me everything say that but I wouldn't I would never say it yeah it's very isolating right um yeah. I mean it's so good now with the internet that you can reach out and um share and be in other groups with other people that have selective mutism I think that's huge for people so when you were young I'm just curious then where people didn't really know about selective mutism um, did everyone just think you were shy you must I don't know the word yes. <laughs> but you must have did you, yeah, your relatives just called you shy? Just super shy. I know Chelsea, uh, I said this before too, she hated that word, hated the word shy. She would always get home and say, I should be angry. I'm not shy. So when we met people. I don't like it either. Yeah. No. Yeah, she'd say, I'm not shy. And she was, it was true. She'd get home. I mean, she has all kinds, you know, 
opinions and people would say, well, low self-esteem, but she really didn't. She was very confident, you know, at home. Um, but it just presents that way to other people. Yeah, I don't like that when people say you're so quiet. People say that without thinking and they probably have no idea why this would be. Right, hurtful. It can be hurtful to people. Do you, are you, so I, I was going to say, do you have like a creative outlet that or something then for a lot of people that can't um, express themselves verbally, you know, are creative in other ways. And um, so Chelsea says you write poems. Yeah. Did you write poems as a child also? Yeah. You did. Did you want to um, share one with us? Do you feel comfortable reading one, Angie? Yeah, I wrote one about selective mutism. Oh, wonderful. Okay, whenever you're ready. It's called Silence. Talkative at home, happy and loud, but quiet and withdrawn in a crowd. Silent at school and in the shop, does this selective mutism ever stop? It is not a choice, this hiding of the voice. When people are around, there is no sound. Like a sudden freeze, being in a tight squeeze, unable to talk, nowhere to walk. Observing and listening is easy to do, but asking and joining in is hard to pursue. Keep trying and trying again, nothing is ever in vain. If people only knew that kindness is the thing to do, inclusion, no pressure, and some fun in life is all that is needed to find. My God, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it really captures what it feels like. Are you okay if we share that, Anji? Like if we um, put it in print and shared it on our website? Send it to you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I love that. It's perfect. It's just like perfect. I think someone who is not talking is not really noticed anywhere. So invisibility is something like our superpower. And I also... I also wrote a poem about this. I love that. Visibility is our superpower. You're right. It is kind of, there are some superpowers. We've, we've talked about this kind of before a little bit, Chelsea and I, that um, I hate to say that there's good things about selective mutism, but I really kind of think there are, um, you know, in how you develop as a person, it does affect uh, who you become as an adult. It is not necessarily a bad thing to be quiet. Exactly. Um, yeah, I know, Chel you know, Chelsea, when you're not speaking, I mean, you notice so much more that's going on around you and other people. Um, and I think, you know, I think that is a gift, really. Do you um, have any goals, Angie, for the future? Any specific goals for yourself? Do you, do you set goals for yourself or... Um, just in general, you, you try to improve. I'm trying to improve with everything I do. At the moment, I'm writing a novel. And there's an SM character in it. Oh, that's so wonderful. We'll see how that goes. Good for you. That's wonderful. Yeah, it seems like writing is your, um, you're gifted. And it's your creative outlet. That's super is this your first novel, Angie, or have you written before? It's my first. Your first. Well, good for you. Good luck. Good for you. That's wonderful. 
Yeah, I'd love to read it someday if you finish it and you want to share. Okay. Any? Have, do you have anything, Angie, that you want to share that we didn't ask you about? Just one thing to add on to people who have is never give up. Just feel the fear and do it anyway. Just put yourself into the situations. And... Mm-hmm. Perfect. Do you... I, I guess just this has just kind of made me think about like, you know, usually we talk about children all the time, children, children with SM, but what about adults that are still struggling, you know, with selective mutism? Have you found any groups out there online or anything that are specifically for adults? Yeah, for example, on Facebook, the SM Space Cafe is for for adults, but a child grows up and it becomes an adult, and if they don't have any treatment, then you have an adult with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you consider going or um, for um, treatment as an adult? Is, would you feel comfortable doing that, or you feel like you just don't really need that? It depends on the person, I would say, but it is yeah. incredibly difficult to find a therapist as an adult, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right about that. It's hard enough as a child, but I can imagine as an adult, it's even rarer, really. That's why it's important to get help for your child. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. A lot of people I know in the U.S., we see a lot of times um, people will say, should I just wait? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it'll go away. And um, because now that people do know what it is. Um, and some people still choose to wait, which breaks my heart. Yeah. Okay. No, I just wanted to say thank you so much. I know it's hard to talk about this. Um, it's vul- You're being very vulnerable, especially sharing your poetry. And I'm so glad you did because I loved it. I think a lot of people are going to relate to it too. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Angie, for coming on. It is, it is tough putting yourself out there, like Chelsea said. And um, I'm just glad that we um, were able to have you on and talk to you and learn your story. And I love the poem. It just touched my heart. And um, yeah, I love that you're writing a book. I can't wait to hopefully someday we'll be able to order it on Amazon. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> 